Hey, this is Brandon Emma Richardson, and we are the pastors here at Slate Church based in Waterloo, Ontario, and this is our Sunday podcast. We really hope this message inspires you to lean into all that God has for you. If you would like to get connected with us, follow us on social media or go to slatechurch.com. And hey, it helps us a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Join us for today's message. So our, um, our next value is, is faithful. And, uh, you know, this whole idea of being faithful is kind of contrasted with humble. I remember my dad always telling me the book of Proverbs begins with the idea of fearing God. As a young kid, it's like, what does it mean to fear God? In so many ways, it means that combined with the love of God, there's a reverence for God. And as we're humble, missional, and all of these great things, we have to hold that intention with being faithful with God. We picked out uh, this verse uh, from Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus is speaking, and he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. What God is saying, what Jesus is saying in this moment is, hey, I haven't come to erase everything. I've actually come to fulfill them for you. But in that, don't lose sight of my words. There's a lot of um, truths about Jesus and the words that he spoke that might be a little more unfavorable in the times that we live today. And that's why we want to hold the truths of Jesus humbly, but also still hold the truths of Jesus. In many ways, it's following the words of Jesus as well as the ways of Jesus. Doing it consistently, fearing God, and remaining faithful to not what we think God wants, but what God has actually said He wants. It's to go and make disciples, but it's also the next part, which is, and teach them to obey all that I have commanded. Not missing the parts that we don't like or unfavorable. I think that this is one of the things that makes our church really great, is that we walk humbly, we also walk faithfully. And I'm really excited to do that as a church in all the years to come. Hello to everybody that is tuning in today, whether you're tuning in on Sunday or sometimes throughout the week. Um, you know, at the time of the week, really doesn't matter. Just make it consistent if you're a part of our online community or if you're just visiting. We just want to welcome you. I want to thank you for joining us. My name is Brandon and I'm the lead pastor here at Slate Church alongside my wife, Emma. We lead uh, alongside an incredible team, a team of individuals that uh, really um, uh, really love what they do and really love uh, those that they serve. Um, they really love you guys. And, uh, you know, we're not just an organization that has a leader and a team and volunteers and all the rest. No, we're, uh, we're actually the body of Christ. We're the, we are the church. We are disciples looking to make other disciples, not of ourselves, but of Jesus himself. And so if you've joined us today and you're just wondering, you have questions around faith, you have questions around uh, what it looks like uh, to, to be a disciple of Jesus, or who was this Jesus, or what what is this church, and you're just checking us out, I would just encourage you to, to, to stay with us. Stick along uh, for a little bit longer, and, uh, and, and you know, kind of suss out for yourself whether or not 
uh, whether or not this is something that would be life-giving towards you. I really believe that uh, God is who he says he is. I really believe that Jesus is the way, uh, the way forward. I believe he's the truth that we're seeking for right now in a world where truth, <coughs> sorry, is so con contested. And I believe he's the life, the one that gives us the fulfillment that ultimately we're all longing for. And so it's so good to have you. Today, um, we're going to be starting a conversation on this idea of faithfulness or consistency. Um, faithfulness and uh, the way that it can transform our lives, can transform the, uh, the lives of those around us, and uh, also how, in, really in the end, our faithfulness uh, still doesn't measure up to what God expects of us, and yet that's, that, that could be a good thing for us uh, in some ways. And so I'm really excited to dive into that. I just want to welcome everybody that's uh, joining from wherever you are watching this. So if you're watching from within Ontario, we welcome you. If you're uh, joining in from our Cambridge local, Plus or our Coburg Local Plus, uh, we want to welcome you. And uh, we want to encourage you that if you're uh, watching right now online outside of the Waterloo region, um, continue to invite people into what's happening. And if you continue to gather a group of people and, and uh, what we're doing as a church, uh, you find yourself becoming more and more of a part of that and things are exciting, uh, let somebody know. Uh, let us know uh, that you're gathering with people. Let us uh, uh, help support you and what that could look like in, um, in the location you find yourself in. Uh, as a church, we really want to see uh, Ontario uh, known for Jesus. We, we want to make disciples of all of Ontario, which is essentially to spread the love of God and allow it to infiltrate our lives and uh, speak to us. And so if that's already happening, there's already a, a critical mass growing wherever you find yourself uh, as you're watching these, please contact us, let us know. We'd like to come alongside you and make sure that what's happening there could be sustainable. Um, before we get started, why don't we pray and just ask that God would really open up our hearts to what he has to speak to us today. Jesus, thank you that we are not left alone in, uh, in our pursuit of, uh, of, of understanding you. We're not left alone in uh, trying to figure out truth in the way that it uh, exemplifies itself in the world today. God, we need you and we need you to open up our hearts because we're stubborn. I am so stubborn. I, I want to hold on to the things that uh, I know aren't good for me, and yet I keep them in my life. And I need you, God, to actually help remove those things from our lives. Help uh, remove the things that limit the truth that I'm looking for. Help limit the life I'm looking for. Help uh, also limit just the way in which I live at this life. God, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And today, God, we ask that you would just um, uh, open up our hearts to what you want to speak to us this, uh, this morning or this evening whenever we're watching this. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're talking about faithfulness, and the reason we're talking about faithfulness is because we're in a, in a group of, of messages, a, a group of talks right now called This Is Church. And the This Is Church series is a six-week series for us as a church going through the values of our church. Now the values of our church differ from just like a corporate organization in that these aren't like aspirational values. This is what we're, we've been living out as a church, but things that we want to continue to grow in it as a church. And the third component to that, and the most important, is we really believe that they reflect what Jesus wants to see in his church. And so as we live these things out, as we commit to these things, um, my hope and my belief is that over time we actually uh, look more like the, the, the church that Jesus came um, to die for and, and came to start. And I really believe it's that church, that church that we grow into, that church that we commit to, the, the, that church that we um, find ourselves living, uh, living uh, a, a part of over a long period of time. 
I really believe it's that church that will help transform what we're seeing in society today. It's so easy right now to look at what's happening in society, in politics, um, businesses. There's even a number of churches going through crisis right now. And it's tempting to look at that and lose hope or want to shortcut the process to regaining hope in those scenarios. What do I mean by that? I think we can look at, you know, recent mandates and, and uh, processes and, and, and bylaws and, and policies that have been put in place by governing bodies and we either are in complete agreement or complete disagreement or there's some people who are just numb to the whole thing and we're just like, just, I don't even care anymore. Um, we look to businesses and we look at some of them, their unethical uh, habits. We look at businesses and sometimes the prices that are being ri- uh, raised right now, we get frustrated with them. We look at businesses and see leaders that are treating their employees terribly and the, the, the wage gap between the lowest level of the employee and the highest level really frustrates us. We look at some churches and the crises that they find themselves in, division and, and in some ways moral uh, 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 falling out and that sort of thing. And honestly... Um, we just get exhausted by the whole thing. And for some of us, we're uh, action-oriented. And so rather than take the, the, the peaceful way forward or the more, um, uh, the more effective way forward, we try to shortcut the process. And often that comes with a lot of emotion. And it comes with a, uh, a real desire to make change, but often in a way that really dishonors a lot of people in the process. It often sounds loud and it often... Um, becomes manipulative. And so what we have is we have a really confusing world world that we find ourselves in. And I want to submit to us today that one of the ways in which we find our way through the cultural melee is that we, we actually remain faithful. We remain faithful to what's currently happening. What we see within, uh, we, re, re, we remain faithful uh, within what's currently happening. One of the, the takeaways that I have um, from Scripture comes from uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 19. And uh, Paul is a saint, or actually, there's a whole debate whether or not Paul wrote Hebrews. Um, it's a pastor that is writing Hebrews uh, to, uh, to, to, to the church uh, in the ancient Near East. And I won't get into the, that whole debate. But uh, uh, the pastor is writing to the church, and he says this, this, uh, this anonymous pastor. He says, because we can have confidence that we walk into the most holy place, because we can have confidence that God's Spirit will go with us when we receive Him, um, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us through the curtain that is the body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly, unswervingly, that's a big word, but in a world where there's a new conflict in, the, in, in Eastern Europe and there's a new, um, or, 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 or now media outlets are starting to catch up with the conflict in Syria and there's um, ru- uh, wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in, in Japan and uh, so many different things go- going on. Hold on to hope unswervingly. Hold on to it. Um, uh, For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all, all the more as you see the day approaching. What this writer is getting to is he's saying, hey, in the midst of chaotic times, because of the hope of the Holy Spirit that he puts in you, let's commit ourselves to encouraging one, one another in words and deeds 
and not give up the habit of gathering together with one another. Our habits will eventually create us. And so um, he goes on in just a little while after in chapter 11, and uh, he starts to go through some of the heroes of the faith. And he talks through Abraham, and he talks through Isaac, and he talks through Jacob, and he talks through Moses, and he talks through so many of the people that have gone before us, giants of the faith, so to speak. And he talks about their faithfulness and their commitment and their perseverance in the face of really difficult things. You know, it's faithfulness that brings a balance to uh, the two earlier uh, values that we've talked about. So we're in week three of This Is Church. And the first two values that we talked about are humility and be and and missional we are humble we are missional and today is we are faithful it brings some balance to the whole conversation and why well because talks around humility and talks around um talks around um being missional really fit the culture that we find ourselves in right now i mean to have a humble posture is the the posture that our society is looking for right now i said this uh before and and i'll say it again i'll keep saying it that the future of the church in canada is humble not humbled not like taken down from some seat that they were sitting on or somehow knocked down or somehow like trampled over or whatever else. Not humbled. No, the, the future of the church in Canada is humble. A, a chosen quality, a chosen state of mind and state of being in a world that doesn't want to hear about objective truth but wants to err on the side of subjective truth. Uh, we need to be a humble church. And, and, but, but that kind of sounds nice when we really think about it because we go, okay, but that's something our world would accept. And being missional, I mean, that's looking external to ourselves. It's through service and generosity, evangelism, but it's actually doing something for the people in our world. And I think in the first two series, um, uh, the, sorry, the first two messages of the series, it can be easy to, to um, get really excited about a church that is humble and a church that is missional. But if you just take those two things um, in isolation, and you just walk those two things out. Um, honestly, one of the things that could happen is that we just start to bend towards society. So rather than looking more like Jesus at the end of being humble and missional, we actually just look more like the world that we live in because we're not standing upon something. And that's one of the reasons why we have built the uh, or, or taken uh, great consideration in the values that we've established because they balance one another. They allow us to hold things in tension. And truth is always stronger when it is held in tension. And so while we must be humble and submit ourselves in humility and not a false sense of humility, but just a humble, uh, a humble posture, both in the ways that we're received externally, but also the way that we carry ourselves internally and that we want to be missional, we must be faithful in the process. Faithful brings up these, uh, conjures up these ideas of like consistency and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, staying the course and that sort of thing. And really, I mean, something like this and commitment. Uh, it, when we say it, it's kind of like, oh man, like not only is this something that we don't see in the world as much anymore, like commitment within marriage. Let's just think about that. Like, unfortunately, most marriages now end in divorce. That's statistic. Uh, st- statistically speaking, not not like just anecdotally looking at the world that we live in. It was 50% and it just keeps trending, um, uh, trending towards divorce. I mean, less people are getting married and so they don't even, conti- uh, don't even uh, consider those numbers now uh, within the, the relationships that are living together but ev- eventually uh, end in separate ways. Like commitment is something that we really struggle with. Uh, I was reading this uh, article or at least uh, this headline uh, today actually just about how to get 
further ahead uh, when it comes to financially within a business. And uh, they were arguing for the same 10-year period that you might work at a business and receive regular raises, you could actually um, jump that whole raise process by just going to a different job uh, every few years. And each job will offer you more money and you can be working a job that's been inflated by 50% simply by not staying consistent at the same place because other jobs that are looking for qualified people are w willing to pay a premium on, uh, on what they're doing. I, I, I just heard that very idea when it came to somebody that was leading in a denominational setting within a church and, uh, it, and something happened there and everybody went and, and said like, of course, we knew this was gonna happen. He wasn't good in any of the jobs that he found himself in. It's just that right at the point where people started to figure it out, he would go to another place. We think of this when it comes to um, just our interests. You know, we all have friends that pick up a new hobby every single year and it's like the amount of gear that's in their gear shed or their, uh, in, in their garage, it's like, it's, it's numerous. And I see it in myself. <laughs> I see it in myself because I remember when uh, I graduated um, uh, out of high school and I moved away to university. I was kind of excited. I'd never grown up with a TV, but now I had a laptop and I was busy in school and I was like really excited. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just watch some movies. And I remember started to, starting to watch movies and I was like, this is really good. Um, I don't know, you know, uh, I, I don't know why I was missing out on this my whole life. And so I started watching movies. Well, right around that time, Netflix went online. Uh, Netflix was uh, previous to that, like you had to buy them from a box outside of like a supermarket or a grocery store and that sort of thing. And uh, it went online and I remember getting a membership and being like, well, this is nice. Like, I, you know, I, I, uh, I really like this. I really like the, the, the format and that they're like, you can watch whatever you want. And then they started making their own shows. And I'm like, actually, I really like this. And I was like, I'm not going to watch a movie. I don't have time for that. And so I started watching these 20, uh, 25 minute shows. And then Netflix started coming out with shorter shows, 10 minute shows. And I'm like, well, you know what? I don't have time for a 25 minute show. I'm just going to watch a 10 minute show. All of a sudden, YouTube started really taking off and I started going, you know what, Netflix takes too long. I'm just going to start watching YouTube videos. And YouTube started taking off and all of a sudden this up and coming tech, uh, tech giant uh, Instagram uh, started coming around. And I went, you know what, I don't have time for YouTube, but I do have time for 15 second clips. And as we see, the progress of my attention span has, over, over the course of a decade, gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And so when we talk about something like commitment, we don't like it because it's kind of the opposite of how we're wired. Many of us would prefer a sporadic, individualistic, pleasure-filled life opposed to a consistent, a consistent, uh, uh, more, more, um, uh, interdependent and uh, and uh, morally objective uh, fulfilling way of living uh, we would way rather take a sporadic individualistic pleasure-filled life because it's me myself and I and we get to di dictate how we feel today and what we want to do with our day you see when it comes to being just humble and missional if we just remain humble and kind of lowly in our spirits and we just remain external if we're not aware of what we need to be faithful to as Katy Perry would say, you know, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for anything. And so we need to understand that we need to stand on some level of ground as we go out externally outside of ourselves. If we're not aware that there is this objective reality that God is trying to push us towards, is trying to direct us towards, then as we go out externally outside of ourselves and outside of our homes and outside of our communities, which is great 
things. We need to do that. And as we do it with a humble posture, if we don't stand upon the, the, the things that God has said, we will just be tossed to and fro with, every, um, uh, with, the, with the latest thing that's going on uh, in our world today. And we see it happening live. It's whatever the, whatever, um, the mass, uh, vast majority of influencers want to think about a certain subject. Well, that's where everybody starts to lean. I mean, we all fill up our, our Instagrams uh, and, 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 and we post pictures of certain colors during certain times of the year. And we, uh, we, we quickly align on, on really heady and big issues before we take a, a chance to step back and analyze that. And we do it because we don't want to be misaligned with what's happening in the world. And so we have both this like individualistic nature in us that competes with faithfulness. We have this kind of desire for pleasure that's just kind of like always running a background script in our minds as we continue on in this life. And there's this this aspect that we kind of like sporadicness. Like it's nice to just be like, what do I feel like doing right now? In, in so many ways, we're just describing a hedonistic way of living. We might not be going to hedonistic resorts, but really in the micro, we're leading hedonistic lives right now. And that compounded over time leaves us in a place that we actually don't want to be. And so in the place of being humble and missional and living outside of ourselves, rather than um, uh, slowly aligning ourselves and finding ourselves aligned with the way that the world thinks, which really is often baseless, it, it lacks foundation, it lacks a, a, a communal uh, way of looking at the world or an interdependence, and it lacks some level of just consistency of, 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 of not trying to see done in one year that really takes 20 or 50 or 100 years. The way to uh, avoid aligning ourselves with the world is to take a look at what God is actually looking for and align ourselves with what He's up to in the world. You know, we have a lot of conversation um, about uh, our God being a God that isn't about uh, uh, religion. He's about relationship. And I, I like that because Jesus really didn't come to just give us a bunch of new rules. He came to bring us back into relationship with God. He died on a cross with a purpose. His purpose was to pay a sinner's penalty. And by paying that sinner's pen- penalty, anybody who opts in, so to speak, anybody who decides to trust in what Jesus did, has that penalty paid for them and can enter into a full relationship with God our Father, God the creator of the universe, God the one who loves our souls. And that's a phenomenal thing. Jesus came to do that. And so we often will pull that out, excuse me, and with that context in mind, we say, well, our our God is about uh, relationship, not religion. Sure, but we must also consider that in Matthew 25, 23, Jesus is clarifying what he's come to do. And he says this, he says, um, uh, no, he, he, he doesn't say it there. Where's, where's the verse that I'm looking for right now? I'll pull it up uh, in, in uh, just a moment. But what Jesus uh, says to that whole thing is he says, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, but actually to fulfill them. He didn't come to do away with religion. He came to do away with some of the, 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 the um, additions that men and, and women had made to it, but he actually came to fulfill those things. In Christ, all the laws and the prophets are filled. Does that mean that we don't follow them? No. It means that as we try to follow it, when we fall and we fail, we fall and fail forward and we go in the direction of Christ, leaning in on what he's done for us and therefore finding our righteousness from him, not ourselves. Which is to say, we don't work 
for Christ's forgiveness. We, we, we work from Christ's forgiveness. We don't try to earn our salvation. We, from salvation, we try to live godly lives. And so the, the differentiating point is that Christ is the center of our, of our, transform, our transforming lives. And so when it comes to faithfulness, the thing is, is that God is actually wanting us to be faithful to Him. When we talk about uh, the value of being faithful in our church, it really surrenders this, uh, sur- surrounds this whole idea of fearing God. I remember growing up and my dad would uh, have us read, uh, or he would at least tell us, Proverbs all the time. We'd always be work- working through the book of Proverbs. And in the book of Proverbs, I remember starting it so many times as a young kid and even as an adult, and I was always captivated by what was said in the first few sentences within Proverbs. Let me read out the first Uh, seven verses for you. It says, uh, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. We're giving context of who's writing these axioms, these wisdom sayings, these Proverbs. Um, For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, just, and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding the Proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. I mean, you could just, in, in more like modernized English, take this very paragraph, give it to anybody in our culture, and they go, yeah, that's exactly what I want in my life. Mind you, the next sentence tells us how we start on that journey of receiving all that wisdom. Verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The writer of Proverbs is saying, hey, you want all this stuff? Well, the way to get all that you actually want is actually by fearing God. Now, fearing God is like the very thing that scares us, but being faithful there. Like, I don't want to fear God. I don't want to, like, we don't want to live in fear. That's the opposite of pleasure. Like, that's the opposite of the way we want to live often our sporadic, individualistic, pleasure-filled lives. We want to live in a state of hope and joy and fulfillment and fear. No, thank you. And yet what we find throughout Scripture over and over and over again, that it is in our ability to draw close to God in reverence that sets us up on the, in the course and the direction that we actually want to find in our lives. At the end of this life, we go to, we, we'll, 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 um, we'll, we'll find ourselves uh, face-to-face with our Creator. And the hope for all of us would be that our Creator would say to us, as He says um, in, in the uh, parable of uh, the servant and the talents in Matthew chapter five, uh, 25, 23, our hope is that we would hear these words, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your Master's happiness. That's our goal. But in order to get to that place as individuals and as a church, we must remain faithful. Well done, good and faithful servant. A part of that is revering God. Part of this is understanding that God's ways are higher than our ways. Part of this is understanding that just as in the math world, one plus one equals two, 
and to try to debate and argue with our teacher when we were young that one plus one equals three is, 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 is silly, it's against the laws of nature, it's against the way that the universe has been set up. In the same way, if we do not choose to revere God and follow his ways, if we don't choose to align ourselves with what he's up to in the world, we will be constantly going against the flow of the universe for those that don't even believe in God. We'll be going directly against the flow of the way that God has set things to be. It's in reverence to him that we actually find the alignment we're looking for inside of ourselves and our interaction with the world around us. That's where we get true fulfillment. If we really want true pleasure, if we really want the freedom to sometimes go do something that's sporadic, it's found in a committed life, a faith-filled life, a faithful life, and a life that is revering God in the process, understanding that He wants so much more for us. When it comes to our church, one of the distinctions that I want to make is that we want to be faithful not only to the ways of Jesus and the way that we live our, our lives, but we also want to be faithful to the words of Jesus. And so there's a way to posture ourselves with a false humility that uh, uh, elevates us above the words of God and puts us in a place where we think we know more than Him and we soften things for the world in a, in a way that becomes unhelpful rather than faithful and humble being held in tension. We shouldn't be going and yelling at people that um, don't know Jesus, that they're not following the ways of Jesus. They need to meet Jesus before they would ever follow the ways of Jesus. Don't be surprised when the world acts as, this, as the world would act and does act apart from God. Our responsibility is not to hold these words and the, the words of Jesus in a faithful way that causes us to bring condemnation to those that we live around. But our, our job is to, in, in, in humble confidence and humble courage and in an external way of living outside of ourselves, is to remain faithful to the words of Jesus. Now, there's been a, a few different ways that um, churches throughout the years have held in tension the words of Jesus with the culture that they live in. An analogy that helps us uh, imagine this comes out of a book called Deep Church by Jim Belcher. This is one that I've read and reread, and, and it's, it's just a, it's a great read for the cultural climate that we find ourselves in today. So if you want to pick that up, feel free to read it. He talks about this farming analogy, and he says, In some farming communities, the farmers might build fences around their properties to keep their livestock, their livestock in and the livestock of neighboring farms out. This is a bounded set. What he's referring to here is, um, is that there's a way to be bounded set in the way that we hold the truths in our, in our lives that is actually meant to uh, keep people out. And if we want to live that way, it's like putting up fences that both keep our livestock in and other people's livestock out. So, but in rural communities where farms or ranches over an enormous geographic area, um, fencing the property is out of the question. In our, and he's referring to himself, he says, in our home of Australia, ranches, called stations, are so vast that fences are superfluous. It's just impossible to build them around how big the ranch is. He said, under these conditions, a farmer has to sink a bore and create a well, a precious water supply in the outback. It is assumed that livestock, though they will stray, will never roam too far from the well lest they die. That is a centered set. That is, that is uh, in the way that he's relating, the way that we relate to the truth of, of, of Jesus Christ, is it, it's putting Jesus at the center of everything we're doing. He said, as long as there is a supply of clean water, the livestock will remain close by. Now, I hope 
Nobody's offended by being related to livestock in this scenario. But what we often see with the truth of God is that we're either boundary set. It's all about who's in and who's out. If you hold these truths, then you're in. If you don't hold these truths, you're out. The opposite side on the, on the pendulum is a relational set. Uh, uh, way of holding the truths of God, which is that they bend and mold depending on what relationship we find ourselves in. And so we find ourselves in a relationship with somebody uh, that holds or lives in a way claiming to be a Christian that is um, uh, in direct opposition to some of the ways that God has written in scripture. And we go, well, I mean, they're a good person. And, and maybe God actually meant it this way. And so we have boundaries set on one side and relational set on the other side. And what um, Jim Belcher is arguing for, and I think it's a wise way to move forward, is a centered set approach, a Jesus-centered set approach to holding the truths of Jesus in tension with uh, the, the ways in, 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 that the world might differ from, from the teachings of Jesus Christ. It's remaining humble, recognizing that we have to be in relationship with one another, but it's remaining faithful, understanding that there are lines. But what, what actually allows us to hold these things in tension is putting Jesus at the forefront and allowing him to be the well in which we return to day in and day out. Because in order to live, for those of us that want to draw closer to Jesus, we can't roam too far or we will find ourselves decaying inside. Just like the Australian outback ranchers will set up a deep well that the livestock will never kind of come, uh, go too far from. One of the things that we're gonna hold on to as a church in the next year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years down the road is we are gonna continue to be a Jesus-centered church where we follow not only the words of Jesus, but also, also the ways of Jesus. The things he said, but the ways in which he said it. We wanna be a church that has such a deep well that when people taste the well, they taste the water, they taste the life and the goodness of Jesus Christ, that they can't help but remain faithful to staying close to that well. And that is what we mean by we are faithful. There's good news in all this because for some of us, this all just seems like too much. Because it's hard to be faithful, it's hard to be committed, and it's hard to not feel like you're constantly failing. The good news for us is that our faithfulness pales in comparison to the faithfulness of God. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Deuteronomy 7.9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant, his promises, and steadfast, steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to thousands of generations. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful, he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. You know what? The greatest way in which God showed us his faithfulness was by coming himself to earth. Jesus was God with skin on. While we remained faithless, as the Bible declares, while we remained sinners in the act of sin, Christ came and died for us. While we remained faithless, God remained faithful. And what the Bible says is that you in, in, in our, you and I in our faithlessness, faith, uh, 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 lacking faithfulness, in, in that reality, that's when Jesus comes in and he says, hey, I've paid a price for sin and I've paid a price for your lack of faithfulness by, by, by giving up myself for you. And all you must do is accept what I've done and you can walk in relationship with me 
for the rest of your life. It's from that point we gain the strength we need to actually walk faithfully with God because now we're not doing it alone. We're doing it with Christ by our side and the Holy Spirit inside of us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are always with us. And so today, I wonder if you're watching and, and you're, maybe you're in a, a group or maybe you're watching online or maybe you're watching by yourself and you're going, you know, I've never made a decision to trust in the faithfulness of Christ. I've remained pretty unfaithful in my own life and I want to I I trust in the faithfulness of Christ and I want to use and, and see his strength permeate me so that I can be faithful to him. If that's you today and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I'm just going to ask that you just bow your head, close your eyes, get into a state where you can come to terms with what's going on inside. And if you're saying right now, hey Brandon, actually, yeah, I do want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Know that this decision now allows you to walk with God. This decision, I mean, there's a road and there's a journey ahead and it's not always easy because it's a constant process of denying ourselves, of turning away from what was and and a turning to God. But I can tell you that as we align ourselves with the way in which God has created this world, we find deeper fulfillment and we find ourselves uh, uh, being able to remain more faithful to God than ever before. If that's you, why don't you just make that decision in your heart right now? If you're watching live online, there's actually in our online chat, you can just um, indicate in the chat right now anonymously that you're making that decision. Let me pray for you. Jesus, for those that are watching right now and they're making a decision to follow you, to trust in your faithfulness towards us, even in the midst of our unfaithfulness. God, I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that they would understand that God, you are the one that they have been looking for and you are also the one that as you draw, as we draw close to you and you draw close to us, that God, you will actually bring us into, the, into alignment and the fulfillment that we've been looking for. God, may your spirit guide and direct them right now from this time forward, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to quickly pray for those of us that are watching and uh, we've made a decision to follow Jesus or maybe you just made a decision to follow Jesus and you're going, you know what? I, I, I need Christ's strength to remain faithful. The biggest tip I can give you is lean into Christ's faithfulness. The more you realize how faithful he has, he's been to you, the more likelihood you're going to want to remain faithful to him out of just the gladness and the gratitude in your heart. Let's pray. Jesus, for everybody right now that might be saying in their hearts, ah, I lack faithfulness and consistency in my walk with God. I pray right now, God, that you would speak to them. Guide them, Lord. Be with them. Give them the strength that they feel they do not have in in themselves. Holy Spirit, may you begin to to, uh, uh, just give them the confidence that you've given them all they need to follow you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. To hear more messages like these, be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a connect card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.